until I started writing this sermon. And you said, did it take you a whole two weeks? About two weeks. But anyway, I, after I started the first day I started it, uh, it was time for eating lunch, and so I come out of my study at home and uh, walk over and tell Miss June, I said, uh, well, I'm about half through my sermon, writing my sermon for two weeks from now. And she said, why don't you just stop right there? You'll catch on that in just a few moments. You know, what she was saying, that'll be enough, okay? We're glad that you're here so much with us today. Uh, what do we want to talk about today? Uh, continuing, continuing for the faith. Continuing for the faith. Fighting for the faith. Warning of apostasy in the Word of God. And Jude did a great job doing this in as many of the scriptures that I'll use today. So might have your pen, pencil handy. Uh, you'll probably not have time to uh, look up every one of these, but I hope most of them are on the screen for you. And sometimes when we think uh, in our mind that apostasy only happened in the days of Jesus, in the days of the apostles, uh, a long time ago, we think it happened back then. A lot of lying, uh, cheating, and all those things happened many, many years ago, especially the doctrines, the false doctrines of that time. But I believe today, with all my heart, that apostasy is greater today than ever before. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, teaching and preaching false doctrines by many preachers and churches. Books are being written that uh, teach our people false doctrines of all kinds. And many people are listening to a lot of things going on around them. They listen on television. They read books. They're not solid in the Word of God. So be careful what you listen to. You know, uh, that saying I think the pastor quoted last week, garbage in, garbage out. And what we read and what we watch is very important. We need to test all those things by the Word of God. And you say, is that true? You listen to a preacher and it sounds kind of strange, something they'll say. You ask yourself, is that true? And you turn to your Bible, you find the answer in the Word of God. Not in what man says and what man thinks, but in the Word of God. The kind of violence and the biblical writers uh, doing what they were doing in the times of the Lord was a shocking thing. But Jesus himself used vigorous condemnation of the Pharisees and the scribes. He called them serpents. In the book of God, in Matthew 23, 15, it tells us this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to make one convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as fit for hell as are all. And then Matthew 23, 33. Snakes, brood of vipers. How can you escape being condemned to hell? Some think that Jesus only taught in kind, wonderful words. Well, his words are wonderful and kind, but also if you read his words from the Lord of God, there are many times that he turned on these vipers, these false teachers, in a great way. 
He was hard. It was a hard thing for him to do, but he did that. And uh, the language was very strange to some people, but it was very strong. It was saying to them, you are vipers, you are snakes. And listen, I don't know about you, but anytime you say snakes and vipers to me, that means a great deal to me because I cannot stand snakes. He was a brother Ben, there's some good snakes. You tell me where that's found in the Word of God. If there's a good snake, sitting, uh, snake anywhere. Listen, even that little grass snake they call it. My mother used to say, don't kill that, Ben. Don't kill that. And we had a barn in one, when I was just about first, second grade. And it had a big corn crib inside that. And a big black snake was in that corn crib. And uh, uh, I was afraid to go down there. And I remember what my mom said to the family. She said, now don't kill that snake. It kills all the um, rats and all other things that come in here. That didn't matter to me. And to this day, when you say snakes and vipers, it means a great deal to me. And listen, in the days of Jesus, when Jesus said to them, you're snakes, you're vipers, he was saying to them, you're wrong. And he was condemning them for what they were saying, what they were doing at that time. Paul pronounced a curse upon those who preach another gospel. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, but even if we are or another angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, and I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, a curse be on him. Also, Paul, the apostle, said in Philippians 3, 2, watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who will mutilate the, the flesh. He was said, watch out for those doing the false teaching. Peter compared these things also in the Word of God in 2 Peter 2.1. He says, but there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies and denying the Master who brought them and will bring swift direction upon them, decision upon them. Second Peter 2.3 says, in their greed, they will exploit you with deception words, deceptive words. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle, and the destruction does not sleep. Now, we come to Jude. We say, well, how does that mean that all this thing meant to be about him? Well, Jude expressed the same harsh attitude about false teaching and about people saying the wrong things and leading the people in the wrong way. Look, look at the Word of God in, in Jude with us just for a moment. Look at verses 3 and 4. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which means immoral practices is what it means, and denying the holy God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What a condemnation from Jew. Wishing to write a more pleasant thing. You notice he said about salvation at the beginning of that verse? 
He wanted to teach the people about salvation, how to be saved, how to love God, how to serve God. His desire was to do that. He had no desire to say what he did to them, but he had to because of what was going on in that time. He wanted to teach salvation. He wanted to teach the grace of God. He wanted to talk about the love of God. That's what I'd like to do all the time. My favorite sermon would be heaven and the love of God. If I could just preach that all the time, I'd be personally satisfied with that. But the Bible says preach the whole word. Preach it all. Don't leave out anything. And so when we think about this combination of the false teachers, it's something that God says to us to do in the word of God. We're to contend against them. We're to fight against anyone, anywhere, that's teaching the false things to our people today. It's a hard thing. It's a hard subject. But it must be preached. It must be taught. Jude was forced to write on an urgent theme. Circumstances has arisen that demanded immediate attention. He couldn't wait any longer. He couldn't delay that. He couldn't just talk about salvation and said, I'm on the go. He had to talk about this. Uh, this present uh, emergency in his life was very important to him. Jude addressed himself to be um, uh, recognized on this problem of what was going on in the church at that time, and he exhorted the believers to respond with determination. It was not easy for him to do that, but he said, it's urgent to do that. Jude got directly to the point. Listen to this. He said, I urge you to contend for the faith. I urge you to do that. I encourage you to do that. Don't neglect doing that. And dear people, let me say here and now today, I want to urge you to contend for the faith. It's about time that God's people stand up for the faith. We've stood on the sideline long enough. Have you realized that we have very little today of Christian people for standing up for what is true and what is real in the Word of God? The enemy is in the camp. We can't deny that. We can't say he's not there. He is there right now. He's here right now. And they tell us in some places today, you can't see in the church anymore. You might spread the disease. But people go out in the streets and yell and scream and protest, and they say nothing about that in the thousands that are out there. And now they say in some states, only 50 people can come to church. But isn't that something where they don't say anything about the thousands of people out in the streets burning and looting and tearing people apart? That does not sit today. Where are the Christians today? Why aren't we speaking out today? Why aren't we standing up and saying we're against that? We're not for that kind of thing. We're for law and order. We're for people who do the right things. We're people who believe in the Word of God and the love of God, and people need to be saved. And the only hope for our world today is people being saved. That's the only hope we have. We need to stand for our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, one of the greatest songs I ever heard in my lifetime, and you've heard it many, many times, I want to read it to you, and I want you to listen to the words of this. It's called, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Listen to this now. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross, lift high the royal banner. It must not suffer loss till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. From victory, Unto victory, his army shall he lead. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, 
you dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watch unto prayer with where duty calls or danger never wanting there. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. The day of noise of battle, the night of victor's song. To him that overcometh a crown of life shall be. He with the king of glory shall reign eternally. Stand up for Jesus, he said to us. We've stood on the sidelines too long. We have not contended for the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the Bible says. And God's people have been quiet and said, be quiet, be loving, don't ever offend anybody. It's about time we can stand up and say, <clears throat> offended or not, we love Jesus. And Jesus is our Lord. And we're following Him rather than anyone else <clears throat> in this whole world. After Amen. He told the God's people to contend for the faith, then he proceeded to tell his readers why he concerned about this. He said, godless men, how secretly slipped in among them. Godless men. That means everyone. That's not just man and female. Uh, the male. I mean male and female. Listen, he said, stand up for the faith. They slipped in here on us. They joined the assembly of believers. <coughs> now, you said, what does that mean, Brother Ryan? It means that they came in, they joined the assembly, they were part of the assembly, but they were not of the assembly. They were opposite of that. They were those who joined, but they didn't really belong. They pretended to belong, but actually they were the enemies of the church. <clears throat> Today, in our time, there are many people out there that's teaching people around the world and they teach them a little tiny bit of the truth, and then they throw in all the false doctrines that they have in this whole world. They're there. Listen to what you're hearing. They're first to say, well, that's a good statement. Listen to all that's said when they talk about these things. The faith that God had once for all treated the saints to stand for as a body, he said, thanks for the truth. The apostles stood for the truth. The term faith, or the faith, was also used in Galatians 1.23. Listen to this. But they had, they had heard only he who persecuted us in times past now, persecuted for the faith, which once he destroyed. The false teachers, the apostates, called for the believers to uh, do all the opposite things they should be doing, but God is calling the believers to agonize for the faith. You say, what does that mean? That means everything in our bones and body, we stand and we agonize for the faith. It may cost some of us our lives. It may cost some of us prison imprisonment. I don't know what the future holds for us, but I'm afraid unless we stand for the faith now, we'll never have another chance to stand for our faith. God called believers to agonize for that faith. And ungodly men were trying to destroy that faith. In effect, Jude said, in what, what Hebrews 4, 14 says, it says, let's hold firmly to the faith we profess. Hold firmly to the faith that we possess. The enthusiasm of these outsiders would poison the church and who would be uh, 
in rejection of the church and wanted people to reject God's teaching. And the apostates were not followers of Christ who had erred in their ways. They were never believers. They were never true believers. They were always the false teachers. They were there all the time. But now they were inside the church and they were intruding on what God's teachings were for the Christian people of that time and who sought to wreck the believer's faith. And if the world today can wreck our faith, if the world today can take us away, Jeff was talking about in his song a moment ago about fear. If the world can make us fear, the world can make us step aside and we're afraid to speak out. But have you noticed the other side is never afraid to speak out? Have you noticed that? Or am I just imagining that? Where are the people of God? Where are the men of God who we should be standing for our Lord and our Savior? And he said again, hold firmly to the faith we possess. Don't let go of that. Stand up hard for that. They're always there. And you see, this all goes back way, way back in the Old Testament. In the book of Jeremiah, all the way back there in verse 13 and 14. And the prophet shall become wind, and the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord of the host, because ye speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. And so all the way in Jeremiah, way before Judah, many hundreds of years before Jude, he said, watch out, they're here, they're in our congregations, be careful of them. And they always in Judah, this, this teaching, and he identified these people, and he gave two characteristics of these people. And uh, you can take it, it's very easy to remember. First of all, they perverted God's grace. They perverted God's grace. And then secondly, they rejected God's Son. And that's happening around us right now. Claiming liberty in Christ, they interpreted His grace as license to do what the flesh wanted to do. Now, you can debate me on a lot of things I say, but one thing you have to say is if you have a good mind at all, today, today we're living in, right now, there's more of sickness living than ever before. Letting the flesh do whatever the flesh wants to do. And nothing holds back anymore. Everything goes. There's no ever any time where they are saying to us today, you can just be careful what you do. They're saying, do whatever you want to do. On our streets today, in our cities today, there's rape, there's murder, uh, there's all kinds of lies being told, and there's all kinds of destruction being done. And the Christians today are very quiet about it all. We're afraid to offend someone. Well, listen, if it's to offend someone for Jesus' sake, stand up, stand up for Jesus, folks. Don't be afraid to say, this is what we believe. We're firm in this. And today, they would take away from us everything that we've been teaching Apostle. They take away plus teaching the grace of God. They teach away, they teach that you are not saved by grace, you're saved by works. You see, it's still going on today, like it's going on in the time of Jude. They were times that they had to stand and be firm, or they would lose their lives in the biblical times. And right now, and I've shared this with you before, there's more Christians being killed today 
being um, massacred today than ever before. You say, oh, further out, you mean more than in the time of Jesus? Yes, many more. They're losing their lives for Jesus Christ. All they have to do is just say, I stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. The time is now for Christians to stand up and defend the faith. Are you willing to do that? Are you really willing to stand up and defend the faith? Christians, keep your face toward the sun and you'll never see the shadows if you keep your face toward the Son of God. As we contend for the faith, listen, we need to replace I, I wish with I will. We should replace I wish with I will. I will stand for the faith of God. Sadly, I must admit, that the church has abdicated to the government the role of ministry. <clears throat> this is hard to say because we're not used to saying these things. We are now depending upon the government uh, to take care of us. Uh, when all the time we're doing this, these things we're doing, they say, we'll take care of you. And you see, one of the greatest failures this very day is the breakdown of the family. If we can help the families get back together. You've heard all the statistics. I don't know them. I didn't write them down. But there's more young men in prison from broken homes than any other thing. There's more crime by people from unbroken homes or homes that's divided. And we need to be saying we need to make firm our families, teach our families to love God and not let the world take us away. And the government says, we'll take care of your family. Uh, we'll take care of the poor. Even the eternal dust, we'll take care of them. We'll give them the money they need. When, if the church was doing what it should do, we'd have most of it ourselves without the government. But the government has taken over that part of our lives. They'll educate our children. They say, we'll take care of that. And you know now, they're abdicating and they will get it done. We're not careful. They're going to teach Islamic religion in the churches today. Uh, in the schools today, they'll be teaching that. And you say, well, where are we going to do uh, the teaching of the Baptist faith? Now, folks, listen, that'll be the day you'll never see that again. It's years ago, and I was pastoring in a little town up in, North, in eastern Arkansas. <clears throat> I went down to have lunch at the school uh, with the superintendent of the school. And we were sitting there eating lunch, and we are having fish. It was on Friday. It was on Friday. You know what that means? The Catholics always eat fish on Friday. And I said, and, and he was a good friend of mine, I said, hey, uh, uh, I said, how about one of these days if the Baptists say on Thursday we're to eat steak, what would you do? He just kind of hung his head. He said, we can't do that. We can't do that. Listen, they're saying to us today, we're going to teach your children Islamic Religion. It's all the same, they say. We all worship the same God. That is not true, folks. If it's left up to the radical Islamics, they would cut your head, they would behead you in any moment of your life. They are enemies of our people. And yet we say, that's what we talk. Well, it will be unless we stand up for Jesus Christ. Unless we stand for Him and then hard for Him. We think sometimes that. Uh, I want to read you this statement made, and I'll tell you who said it. 
They say, we think sometimes that poverty, poverty is only being hungry, naked, and homeless. The poverty being, uh, uh, being unloved, unwanted, unused is far greater than being hungry. Mother Teresa said that many, many years ago, how true that is. They say also they'll take care of your age. Well, I believe we are taking care of our age, people, ourselves. Let's now stand for Jesus. Let's stand tall for Jesus. Don't ever give in. Don't ever give up and say, we don't have any power like the poor. Listen, if Southern Baptists, and, uh, and a lot of times, listen, a lot of people don't even like to be called Baptists. Do you know that? Do they? Many churches that are Baptist take the name of Baptist off of their names and don't even put it on the billboard outside. Listen, I'm proud to be a Baptist. Many people die for me to believe what I'm believing right now and you're believing. I'm proud to stand as a Baptist. But most of all, I'm proud to stand as a Christian and say I'm going to contend for the faith of God. I'll never give up. I'll never give in. No matter what they say to me or do to me, I'll always be his contender. I'll stand up for him. Let's now stand tall for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Contend for the faith, dear people. Don't you give up. Stand up for Jesus Christ. From this day forward, let's be known as people who love the Lord and stand for his teachings. Let's bow heads. Every head is bowed. I want you to ask God right now in your heart about who you are. God, would I stand up for Jesus? If I was challenged today to stand for Him, would I stand or would I be afraid to stand up for Him? You can answer that in your own heart today. Just ask God, would I do that? If you cannot say, I do that, then please ask God for courage. Don't be afraid. Don't cower to the people around you trying to take away your beliefs. Contend. Fight for Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, we pray right this moment that you'll give us courage. Don't let us be afraid. Don't let us give in to the world. Don't let us give in to vipers and snakes that come inside and teach false things. Lord, give us that kind of courage that comes only from you. And Lord, today if there's someone here that needs to accept you as their Savior, need to join this church by letter, coming away this church receiving members, Lord, let them do it today. Let them say, I'm standing for him today. Oh, we ask him in Jesus.